This is Power for Living, the Bible teaching ministry of Christ the King Church in Wakefield, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Feliciano Segundo, and our teacher is Father Michael Carl. So get all your Bibles and let's get started. We are reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 39 through 45. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. This is the gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. Now, for our teaching time, we're going to go back a few verses and look at verses 35 through 38, and I believe they're up on the screen. Nope. Okay. Well, we'll just have to make do here. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now what did Gabriel tell Mary? This is pretty awesome if you think about it. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. Gabriel told Mary she was going to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. So this raises a great question for all of us, actually. What happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon us? Well, actually, all sorts of things. Jesus gave us gifts through the Holy Spirit which fulfills his Acts 1-8 promise, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Those are the gifts of healing, prophecy, tongues, and interpretation, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, working of miracles, discerning of spirits, and a few other things. This partial list is from Paul's Holy Spirit discourse in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So, what's the purpose of these gifts that we're going to receive when we get filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, first of all, it's not for us to show off or brag about how spiritual we are. The purpose was and is to build up the body of Christ so that we can come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Paul goes further and tells us in 1 Corinthians 12, 4-11, that these gifts are for the profit of all. Another important feature, as Paul explains in Ephesians 3, 16-19, is for the body of Christ to be strengthened with might through His Spirit in the inner man, 
that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Yet, do you know the most precious part of Christmas or Christians being filled with the Holy Spirit? It's a body of believers showing the fruit of the Spirit and being able to walk together in loving fellowship with one another. Of course, this should come as no surprise, since Paul used a good many words to describe the result of Christians walking in love in what we now know as 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And everyone uses that passage at weddings and places like that. But Paul doesn't say this passage is for a bride and a groom. He just says, love is this way. And you know what that means? It means that all of us are supposed to be practicing that level of love with one another. Amen? So, what's our proper response to receiving the gifts and the infilling of the Holy Spirit? It's to humble ourselves and to allow ourselves to be led by the Holy Spirit so grace will be a part of our daily lives. It will be a part of who we are. This leads us to the next detail in what the angel said to Mary. What did he say? He said, the power of the highest will overshadow you. Now, have you ever heard of someone overshadowing another person? Someone living under the shadow of someone who's more influential or more pushy or whatever than they are. Or have you ever heard of someone who insists or somehow always seems to be in someone else's shadow? Such is the case with the famous American inventor Thomas Edison and at that time a chap who wasn't nearly so well known, Nikola Tesla, who eventually became famous. However, for years he dwelt in the shadow of his one-time employer, Thomas Edison. Tesla was born in what is now Croatia in 1856. Tesla studied math and physics at the Technical University of Graz and eventually moved on to philosophy studying at the University of Prague. It's reported that he came up with the idea for a brushless electric motor while taking a walk through the woods in 1882. He drew the sketches of his idea in the dirt on the pathway. Later the same year, he moved to Paris and started working for Continental Edison, repairing direct current power plants. In 1884, he immigrated to the United States. That same year, he moved to New York, and was hired as an engineer at Thomas Edison's Manhattan headquarters. He worked there for a year, and he managed to impress Edison with his hard work and creativity. At one point, it's reported that Thomas Edison told Tesla he would pay $50,000. Can you imagine how much $50,000 was worth in 1884? It's not a small chunk of change now, but can you imagine? That was a fortune back then. But he promised to pay for an improved design for his DC dynamos. By the way, DC means direct current. A determined Tesla found a solution to the problem, and Edison is supposed to have told the younger Tesla, 
Tesla, you don't understand our American humor. In other words, he didn't get the money. So it's no surprise that Tesla quit soon after that. In an interesting side note, American humorist and author Mark Twain struck up a friendship with Tesla. And in 1894, the Czech inventor photographed Twain using phosphorescent light. This was the first time phosphorescent light had been used in a photograph. Tesla eventually started his own company. Then he went to work for Westinghouse, competing with Edison, getting 30 patents for his inventions. But alas, he was never able to gain the fame he may have deserved because he was overshadowed by his more famous employer, former employer rather, Thomas Edison. So this is what happens in the natural world, in the world as it were, when a dominant person outshines and overshadows another person. But that's not how it works in the Lord's economy. Being overshadowed by the power of the Lord becomes a good thing. When we come under the authority of Christ, through the growth and sanctification process, he rightly overshadows us. And we grow in sanctification, we fade from view, and Jesus' overshadow becomes more visible. So people should see less of us and more of the overshadowing Jesus in our lives. Gabriel went on to tell Mary that the baby to whom she would give birth would honestly be the Son of God, and what an amazing assignment. Then he goes on to tell her that her relative, her cousin Elizabeth, was also going to have a baby. Now, mind you, these are two extraordinary births. Why? Because neither one of them should have been able to have a baby. One, because Mary was a virgin. And two, Elizabeth was way past the age for that. So check this out. This is God at work, showing that nothing is impossible. So, now that we know that nothing is impossible with God, amazingly, Mary agrees to this arrangement. No objections, no complaints. And at this point, it's good to take a look at Philippians 2.14. Paul wrote, Philippians 2.14, do all things without complaining and disputing. Hey, this is what God's word says. And I can promise you that I haven't mastered this art yet. And I seriously doubt, not pointing fingers now, mind you, but I seriously doubt that any of us have completely mastered the art of doing all things without complaining. <clears throat> now Mary says... Let it be to me according to your word. And that's all the more remarkable because this Israelite girl who may have been 14 years old at the time accepts the assignment without complaint. Let's keep the amazing rolling here as we look at the first lines in today's gospel. Mary goes to visit Elizabeth and at that time journeys were usually on foot. So this young pregnant woman walks all the way from Nazareth to the hill country to Zacharias' and Elizabeth's house. She walks in the door, and the scriptures tell us that the baby in Elizabeth's womb leaped. 
Now, we know that John the Baptist didn't go the long jump or the pole vault or anything like that. He must have just been doing somersaults inside of Elizabeth. And believe me, I know that's possible because when my oldest was still in the womb, when we would read the book of, the book of Jeremiah to him while he was still on the inside of his mama, he would start leaping around. It looked like alien, you know, something moving around on the inside because you, you could see the tummy move. So I know that it's possible for the baby on the inside to do some somersaults and the like. Now, this is the miraculous at work. Mary was only pregnant for a little time. And six months along was John the Baptist inside Elizabeth. But let's take this leap a step further. John reacted that way when he sensed that he was in the presence of the Lord. And they were still only babies in the womb. Now, think about then how we should react when we're in the Lord's presence right now. Yes, we're in the Lord's presence right now because this is his house and in his sanctuary. So why aren't we as excited as the pre-born John the Baptist about being in the Lord's presence? And yes, it's a challenge. So let's ponder where we are in our walk with Christ and ask ourselves, do we leap at the prospect of being in the Lord's presence? And I'll leave it at that. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's edition of Power for Living. If you happen to miss any of our other programs, be sure to go to our podcast page at ChristTheKingNorthShore.podbean.com. And you can also visit our website at www.ctknorthshore.org. If this program has been a blessing, feel free to let us know. Write us at Power for Living, care of Christ the King Church, 4 Railroad Avenue, Suite 309 in Wakefield, Massachusetts, 01880. Or you can also send us an email at ChristTheKingNorthShore at gmail.com. You can be a part of this gospel ministry by becoming a patron of Power for Living. You can find out how by clicking the Become a Patron button at the top of our podcast page. That's it for this week, and until next time, remember that Jesus is your Power for Living. <laughs>